Welcome, welcome to webinar four, the Don't Waste Your Good Recessions here is Thursday, the 9th of April, 2020. We're doing it on a Thursday, not a Friday because of Easter. Uh, Easter, of course, has been canceled because Jesus wasn't allowed to have 12 of his mates around. A little bit of religious humor, hopefully that goes down well with some of the people viewing this at some point. Uh, it does mean a couple of little changes, particularly the economic snapshot, but we will get to that. One thing that won't change is uh, the welcome, me, on the couch, coach. I'm just sliding out of shot so I'm not a distraction as we do our weekly meditation. And I'd encourage you, even those who are watching this later on YouTube, listening on Spotify, to join us in the meditation, to not skip ahead. This is a key part of making the most of our conversation and of calming and managing your energy, which we will talk about so much today. Could you just close your eyes and draw your attention to your breath? I'm not asking you to change it, just to be aware of your breath. This incredible thing that we do every minute of every day, so much of it subconsciously, without even realizing that we're controlling that life force. And as you focus on your breath, just take note of whether you're breathing deeply, or shallowly. Do you breathe through your nose, through your mouth? Do you vary it? Does the very act of focusing on your breath change how you're breathing? You may find that just by noticing it, you start to sit up a little straighter, breathe a little bit deeper. And meditation is not about letting go of all of our focus, our choices. It's about being aware and mindful of. So don't judge yourself if you've taken control of your breath or judge yourself if you haven't. Don't judge yourself if other thoughts come into your head as you go through this process. And as you focus on your breath, join with me now in taking charge and breathing deeply. Deep breath in through the nose, and out through the mouth, you can make a noise if you like. Deep again, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And then one final time, in through the nose. And as you exhale, put the palms of your hands together, open your eyes, and join us back here for our conversation. I will slide myself back into view uh, as always please do uh, those of you who are here live if there is anything specific if you've got any specific questions that you wanted to ask or anything in particular you want us to cover this week uh, then do drop a note in the chat box uh, alternatively those who are watching the recording listening on spotify feel free to jump into the facebook group don't waste a good recession at any point in time 
to ask questions, to leave some thoughts about what specifically you might want to see covered. Ultimately, I'm basing these conversations on what I'm seeing, talking to business leaders around the world through my business advisory practice. Uh, what you specifically need, though, is the most important concept for me. Uh, economic snapshots, I'm just going to shuffle over to uh, this side of the screen for a few slides. Uh, not going to do the economic snapshot live in this video uh, because we are a day early, so some of the comparisons will be out of whack. If you haven't yet gone to the YouTube channel and subscribed to Don't Waste a Good Recession, uh, I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, you'll find we do actually have a whole playlist dedicated to the weekly economic snapshot. So that's everything from a, a minute to a few minutes each video, week by week. So I'll be uploading a new version of that for tomorrow, Friday the 10th of April. Uh, there's also playlists for a lot of the key priorities uh, and all of the previous full webinars that we've run. Uh, key thing on the economic snapshot, US unemployment figures have come out in the past few days for March. They show an increase from 3.5% to 4.4%. That probably doesn't sound particularly bad. Uh, and, you know, a, you know, obviously, apart from those who have lost their jobs, it's certainly not as bad as we may have feared. However, what that represents is unemployment up to the middle of March. So the last two weeks in this webinar, we've talked about uh, the US new jobless claims, uh, which set a record of 3.3 million, and then a week later set a new record of 6.6 million. Neither of those weeks are included in the 4.4% unemployment figure. So uh, don't let that give you a false sense of security. The April figure, which will come out at the end of April, uh, will be a whole lot worse and will reflect a lot more what's going on with the economy. Uh, but do jump onto YouTube tomorrow uh, to see the, the full comparison of those four key indicators. Priorities for this week. This is the fourth webinar. I thought we'd do a bit of a recap uh, for those who are joining us for the first time or need a, just a bit of a refresh of all the crazy things that have been going on for the past month. And then I wanted to focus a little more on the self-care routines and in particular, fear. And talking about fear, the fear that we may feel as business leaders, as business owners, as humans in a, in a time of great uncertainty and what it is that we can do to manage that. Uh, and that's some uh, useful tools, uh, some tools that I'll be sharing there that I've been using for uh, more, than, more than two decades to help me so they are applicable now and always. So starting with number one, it amazes me that the first of these webinars was less than three weeks ago. And if we go back to the priorities that we talked about there, some of them seem almost quaint. We, we talked there about, you know, you need to have a work from home plan. At some point, you're almost certainly going to have to start your team working from home. So get prepared, get ahead. That was three weeks ago. And now it has become a new normal for many businesses that, uh, where possible, have been able to send the staff working from home. Um, you know, the coronavirus policy, we talked about things like what to do with leave, leave entitlements, can people take leave without pay? What do people do if they catch it or if they suspect they may have been exposed to the coronavirus? That also seems a little bit out of date. 
certainly if you go back and each one of these has a specific video on the YouTube channel. So if you've missed any of these, you want to refresh any of these, you don't have to go through the whole webinar. You can just find that specific episode on the YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of the government stimulus packages that have changed in the last three weeks are, are going to impact your coronavirus policy. Particularly if I use the Australian example has JobKeeper, which is if you keep your staff employed, the government will fund a degree, I think it's $1,500 per fortnight of their uh, salary. The UK government is doing something similar but quite different in the sense that they will underwrite 80% of a salary up to uh, a certain amount, which I think is £2,500 per month. Uh, however, that's for people who have been furloughed or stood down. So uh, same concepts, the government funding salaries, very different uh, rules for how you would qualify for that. Those are going to impact your coronavirus policy, your work from home plan. I'm speaking to a business owner earlier this week who's going through some of the specifics of the stimulus package. Uh, they're looking at cash flow and forecasting. Um, they're going to be caught in the no man's land where their business is going to be hit, but possibly not hit deeply enough to actually qualify for some of those government incentives. And while it's a perverse thing to think that if they were to almost shut the business down for two weeks, take no more clients uh, and take the short-term hit, they might be better off financially because of those government incentives. My encouragement uh, to him was to think about the long-term. What impact does it have on your business, on your clients, if you, as the leader, as the owner in the business, start to go slow? And indeed, we'll talk a little bit in the next section of, of this week's webinar around how your team may start going slow as work dries up. Make sure your team communication policy is being implemented. So this was the third priority talked about if your team are working from home, what are you doing to get them together regularly? I'm seeing some great examples from daily huddles on Zoom or Teams to uh, bring your own cake day, Friday drinks. Uh, a lot of businesses are having Friday drinks for everyone sitting around at home, uh, but on a video chat, trying to keep some of that culture going as well as the workforce. Uh, and that is going to be critical. Remember also the team that you may have had to stand down, to furlough or to lay off? What can you be doing to keep the communication with them active? We're all going through this difficult time and for many people who have been stood down or laid off, there aren't other quality jobs available for them to slot into. When your business and the economy recovers, those great team members that you've had to lose because of external circumstances may still be available if you've maintained the relationship, then you will be able to bring them back in. So make sure your team communication policy includes some of those former quality team members. Cash flow forecast, hopefully you've not only done that, you are updating that on a regular basis and working with your accountant, your bookkeeper, your CFO, whomever it may be, to keep that active and up to date because that's going to help a lot of decisions. And I know for me, having helped some clients through that, uh, you know, I've got clients who are responding differently. Some are being quite um, immediate. They, they've mapped out the scenarios that we talked about. They're feeling confident. Things haven't changed yet. They're not changing their, their plans. I've had others who have gone, okay, well, what is the worst case scenario that we could realistically, so not our business shuts down, worst case scenario, just if we drop by 
30%, 50%. What does that mean? What do we need to do to get ahead of that? Uh, and that uh, is certainly going to be something that's linked to your risk profile, to your industry, uh, and how much you uh, feel you're going to have that worst case scenario versus uh, maybe a better outcome. Your self-care plan, and we will talk about this in a little more detail, but are you making sure that you're looking after yourself? You can't look after the team if your energy, your communication, your decision-making is being impacted. All five of those were webinar number one, as I say, three weeks ago, uh, a lot to cover off. We then went into uh, deeper into the respond mode. So having responded internally with your team and your business, starting to respond a little bit externally. So what are you doing with your existing clients? Making sure that you were picking up the telephone, having those conversations. Uh, how is your change? How is your sales process changing? Uh, and if you need to, what's the process for exiting those team members with some love? We went through uh, some quite detailed steps for you to follow to make sure that you were doing that uh, well. From a business strategy perspective, I'm mindful that I do have people chiming in and contributing from all over the world. Uh, one of the specific bits of advice was making sure you had relevant local HR advice. More on the clients. What do your clients actually want? What will people keep spending money on right now? And does that mean you need to tweak, change, pivot, or completely revolutionize your product? We walked through a framework around how to determine which products were in demand and how to either deliver them yourself or to find people who could. And we talked about your war cabinet, your recession war cabinet, the team of advisors who are there helping you out. So hopefully if you've been following along for the last three weeks, you're feeling much more in control of your business. The policies are in place, the team communication is in place. You've got open dialogue with all of those clients, which will have an impact on your cash flow, if not immediately, then as this recession drags out. You've got an idea of how to change the things that maybe need to be changed in the business around team, product, sales, and you feel supported. You feel supported by your team and you feel supported by those advisors, your CFO, your accountant, your mentor, your business coach, who are there actually helping you with the reality of the current situation. We are in the respond phase of the recession. Respond, plan, execute, profit. We're still in uh, the respond phase, which I've predicted will be March, April, and May. Key part of that respond phase is getting grounded, getting yourself and your business, not to rock bottom necessarily, but to a position where you can start looking forward again. You've done all of those things, I hope you are feeling. If you're missing something, if you've done something different that's really helped, please also let us know. Let's, let's shift and have a conversation now about your self-care plan and responding to fear. Fear as a business leader is perfectly normal emotion. Every emotion is normal. It's not something that's good or bad, wrong or right, there to be judged. However, it's there to be acknowledged and there to be managed. And the reality of the current situation where we have both a pandemic health crisis and a recession economic crisis is that there are a lot of reasons why you might be fearful, you might be scared. Think back even just a, a couple of short months, although they certainly haven't felt like short months. Maybe your January 
strategy day, if you do an annual strategy day in January, perhaps you just take some time over the Christmas break, Chinese New Year break, whichever uh, New Year uh, mindset gives you pause to contemplate what you want to achieve this year. And what you were looking forward to achieving in 2020 was probably exciting from an economic cycle perspective. We were at the, the peak of a short-term boom, uh, longer economic cycle as we've touched on, uh, which we're still in the middle of. Uh, you were probably feeling good. You were probably feeling optimistic, uh, confident, uh, maybe even a little bit euphoric. I know many business owners were coming off a record year in 2019 and with that momentum behind them really felt that 2020 was going to be even better again. And, and then the news started to kind of kick in. Obviously, we went into January with some awareness of the coronavirus. It hadn't even been named COVID-19 at that point, the coronavirus that was starting to impact in particular China. And then the news of it starting to spread where Iran and then Italy started to develop a number of cases. The death toll started to rise. Uh, China reacted strongly in terms of shutting down a lot of schools and travel around the Chinese New Year in an attempt to limit it. And it began to become clear that it wasn't something we were going to be able to control. It wasn't something that was going to be isolated to China. Uh, and it also wasn't something that was going to be isolated solely to the health and medical fields. And so from an emotional perspective, some of that anxiety uh, probably turned into denial. So we started to perhaps think about, you know, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to be that much of an effect. We certainly saw many leaders around the world say that COVID-19 is not going to come to our country, or if it does come to our country, it's not going to have that much of an impact. We don't need resort to lockdowns or shutdowns we don't need to there was an awful lot of denial which apart from being a river in Egypt is not something that has necessarily helped with the response to the situation uh, and the reality is that we are now in a pandemic crisis there are reasons to be concerned uh, and fear as that next emotion uh, on the economic cycle it has a range in and of itself. When I run workshops with teams and we talk about feelings, I, I talk about four categories, mad, sad, glad, and scared. That scared is the fearful. It does run all the way from that kind of uncertainty, mild anxiety, through to dread, being terrified, big, strong, fearful emotions. Uh, and so it runs the gamut. Some people may be just a little uncertain, worried. Some people are very, very terrified. Uh, or are experiencing it. Um, and that as part of the economic cycle, uh, you know, those feelings of fear and uncertainty do tend to get stronger overall as we move down the journey. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be buying into them necessarily. Fear can be healthy. So I want to talk, and some of you who watched the early videos in the, the series, you know, may be aware that, uh, you know, I, I touched on uh, this concept, the triune brain, uh, in the very, very first webinar. And I also promised that, you know, 
we'd be talking mum and dad economics, we'd be talking mum and dad neuroscience. So these are simplistic models for how our brain works, how the economy works. I've done those simplistically as opposed to trying to do a PhD level because my focus, my care is about how do you implement these in your business? I'm not trying to make you a neuroscientist or an economist. I'm trying to give you some practical tips. And sometimes with the models we use, we need to simplify. Three parts of the brain. This is the trained brain concept. We have the reptilian brain, where the fight, flight or freeze instinct lives. We have the limbic brain, sometimes called the mammalian brain or the feeling brain. And then we have the neocortex, neo for new being the newest development uh, in our evolution. And that's where our rational thinking brain kind of lives. Now we all use all three. When I do sales training, I talk about how you need to sell across all three of those spaces. Some of us tend to prefer one or the other, but when fear kicks in, it is usually first and foremost that reptilian brain. Because that's often the first part of our brain to notice or to receive the information. And so it's the first that has a chance to react. And sometimes that reaction is necessary, is healthy. If a tiger jumps out of the bushes, you need to respond. You need to fight, flight, freeze, whichever it is that's going to give you the best chance of survival. It's not an analytical, you know, let's think about what we need to do here. Uh, and so it does have an absolute place. Fear can save your life. And indeed, stress can be healthy. Sometimes called eustress to distinguish it from distress. Uh, but there are types of stress that our body needs in order to, uh, to be healthy. Uh, resistance training, weights training uh, that we might do. That puts a stress on our body, on our cardiovascular system, uh, which is designed to make them healthier overall. Uh, if you can create variations in your heart rate in hormones as opposed to being stuck at a level, then that is generally within a range much healthier than being static all of the time. And many businesses right now are actually benefiting from the stress and drama that's going on out in the marketplace. I'm talking to business owners who have just been blown away by how committed and focused their team is. How much their team are now unified behind a clear purpose and direction in a way that they couldn't get. And, and one of the conversations we'll have in the future is how to get that, that unity and that drive and commitment around a purpose different to fighting and surviving the COVID-19 recession. So stress even in a business can be healthy. There is a big difference though between that kind of stress impulse that gets the heart racing and chronic stress. Big difference, say, between the tiger that jumps out of the bushes versus the tiger that lives under the desk when you go to work, the home office every day. That kind of chronic stress is relentless. It wears you down, it wears you out. And that's the, the key stress which is so common in the modern world, which we need to work on as individuals find the habits, the practices to let that go, to not be affected by that. And being at effect is really a good way of describing the impact of fear on us. When we are feeling fearful, we're giving over our power to whatever it is that we are feeling fearful of. 
And that's going to have an impact on communication and decision-making, those two key leadership tools. In terms of communication, when we are scared, we will often talk through our feelings. We will react through our emotions as opposed to talking about them. And as a business leader right now, you have a great opportunity to be much more open and vulnerable with your team, to share how you're feeling and what you're doing about it. It's not about sharing everything with your team. It's not about taking your concerns and projecting them, putting them on the team as well so that they now have those fears. It's just about not trying to pretend that everything's fine, that you're not experiencing whatever it is you're experiencing, because when you try and hold it in, that's when your communication starts to change anyway, and your team get that you're stressed, get that you're fearful, get that you're not your normal self. And because you're not talking openly about that, they will start worrying more about what's going on. Fear also impacts our decision-making in a, in a couple of clinically demonstrated ways. Uh, it can lead to an overreaction or a, a focus on the worst case scenario. So we can catastrophize our fears and then uh, as a result, make poor decisions that are based on the worst case scenario as opposed to something that's a bit more realistic. The bigger impact that fear and stress have on decision-making is short-term thinking. Uh, that anxiety can mean spending way too long making small decisions. So you want to save a little bit of money, and so you go through line by line your P&L statement, and you start, um, uh, you know, trying to buy a cheaper brand of biscuits and comparing ten different types of pens to see if you can save a couple of dollars. Uh, you're thinking micro, not macro. If we go back to that video I did pre-recession back in 2019 about the mistakes that get made, that short-term thinking, you think small, not big. And often those big decisions that you need to make don't get made. You put them off or you rush into them, you half-ass them. Uh, so something like a cash flow forecast that we've talked about and recommended, instead of doing the big task of the cash flow forecast, you instead just focus on trying to save a few dollars here or there without that bigger picture in mind. It's been shown that making decisions under stress when in fear uh, can have the same kind of cognitive impairment as having a few drinks before making those decisions. Uh, and so that's where it can be really critical to tame or manage those fears that you may have. And some of that is being vulnerable, being sharing, it's, as we talked about last week, having that war cabinet of advisors that you can be fully open with and who are supporting you around the reality so that you have less to fear. And if nothing else, it's about recognising when those feelings come up in you, when they are about to impact your decision-making, your communication. And just as we started this and every single one of our presentations, it's pausing, even if it's just three deep, breaths before you make that decision, before you jump into that task. Three deep breaths. And what that does is it calms down the system and it brings you back into the present. So fear, there's a few of these different kind of funny acronyms going around. None of them are actually the etymology of the word fear. They can be useful 
uh, in terms of the mindset. And the one that I like to, to use is that most fear is future expectations appearing real. It's taking something from the future and it's bringing it into the present, even though it hasn't happened yet. And so if we think of time, there's really three periods of time. There's the past, the present, and the future. Now the past is over, it's behind us. That's where we might have regret. You know, some people do live in the past where they either regret their previous choices, coulda, woulda, shoulda, uh, or perhaps if they aren't particularly happy with where they are in the present, they might go back to glory days and live in the past in that regard. The problem is we can't change the past. Any time we spend there is time that we're not spending actually improving the life that we have ahead of us. But similarly, some people live too much in the future. One day, someday, when I have the money, then I will start my own business, then I will go on holidays more, then I will spend more time with the family. And the problem with a lot of that future is that, again, it's something we can't change and control. In the moment, we can do things now that will impact our future. However, we can't magic up a future place. We can't press the fast forward button on our lives to just jump ahead to one year, two year, 10 years down the track. So fears take those future things and pull them into the present. And even if you think about something uh, that may be perfectly rational, if you're in a building in the middle of an earthquake, you are going to almost certainly, unless you've got some specific training, feel scared. You're gonna have some fear in, in that situation. Uh, what are you scared of? You're scared of being hurt, being injured, being trapped, being killed yourself. Uh, perhaps what's happening with your family members, your loved ones, your friends. Uh, maybe like a politician, you're immediately scared about what impact this will have on the economy. Even in that moment, all of those fears live in your future. You haven't yet been injured. You haven't yet been trapped. You're fearing those things and bringing them back to the present moment. Instead of acknowledging that those are concerns and then coming back to the present and realizing that it is in that present moment that you have the point of power. That's where you can make the changes. That's where you can do the things to prevent the injuries, the death, Right now in business, the point of power is where you can do the things that are going to improve your business outcomes in the future. So some key tools to help contextualize fear, and this is one of them, this is the point of power. Whenever you find yourself feeling at effect of something else, it's worth noting, and you can ask yourself, right now, am I living in the past? Am I living in the future? Or am I living in this present moment where I have the power to do or to change, to act? And often what you will discover is that, yes, you have been putting yourself at effect of a time frame that isn't now. And if you do bring yourself back to now, which those deep breaths, mindfulness can help you with, then that gives you that power to do something different. There's two main tools that I've used in terms of my personal happiness over the years. Um, one of them, which is what I'd almost call like the advanced level work that I did, 
uh, which I cover in Blackboard Fridays episode 117. So I'm not going to go through that here, but if you do want to see that, that talks about being at effect versus being at cause, the old paradigm versus the new paradigm. You can Google, search on YouTube, Blackboard Fridays episode 117, or just for the new paradigm, find my video on that. The tool I am going to talk about today was one that I discovered through the work of Stephen Covey, he of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, I discovered this in my late teens, early 20s, uh, and it really made a massive impact on my happiness and my well-being as, as a person, like a lot of you know, stereotypical teenage young adult men. You know, I had a lot going on physically, emotionally. Uh, I was not necessarily the happiest person, uh, was you know, someone who could anger quite quickly. Uh, and this was the tool that helped me realize just how silly that was that I was doing that because it was entirely me being at effect and handing my power over to outside circumstances. So if you haven't seen it before, this model breaks down three different circles of uh, impact that you can have. At the core is the circle of control. So these are the things that you can control entirely. So who you hang with, who you spend time with is something that is within your circle of control. Uh, what you read, what you watch, what you listen to, how much you sleep, what you eat, how much you eat, what you buy. Those are all things that you can control. Maybe consciously or subconsciously, you are handing some of those things over. However, they are well within the circle of control. This one layer out is the circle of influence. So these are things that are not entirely within your ability to control, but over which you have a direct impact or influence. So the success of your business, your overall health, the success of your friends, your family, your clients. You can't guarantee the success of your business, your personal health. There are factors that are outside of your control. However, you do have a large impact on those uh, areas of your life. And then the third one is the circle of concern. These are things that you don't have direct influence over, but which do impact you. So these are things like the economy, the news, a global pandemic, celebrity scandals, maybe you might be reading in the magazines this week. They're not things that you impact, however you have a choice around how much they impact you. And if I could use a very, very simple example for me perhaps, um, circle of control is, you know, I can control whether or not I go for three runs this week. The circle of influence might be the football team that I play on and whether we win this week. I can't control that entirely, however, I can influence the outcome. And the circle of concern might be whether Manchester United, my football team that I support, wins this week. Obviously, they're not playing at the moment. Um, so I can control whether I go for my runs. I can influence whether my football team wins this week. However, I can't directly influence whether Manchester United win this week. I can, however, choose the impact that their win or their loss might have on me. And this is where a lot of happiness and unhappiness kind of kicks in. And I thank the 
uh, the team at um, uh, who have uh, provided these graphics to really reinforce this point. Some people sit in that victim space, they live at effect of external circumstances. And so those three circles or zones for them start looking more and more like this. The circle of control is small, the circle of influence is small, the circle of concern, which is things that impact them, but they can't impact in return, is enormous. And that generally leads to unhappiness because if that's how you're seeing the world, then you are living a life that's not you creating what it is that you want or choose. You're very much at effect, very much disempowered. And compare that to the other diagram where that circle of control has been expanded, the circle of influence has been expanded, and the circle of concern on the outside has been shrunk. So this is the life of somebody who has gone, look, what are the things that I can directly control? So in my business right now, what are the things that I can control? I can have some impact on how I'm showing up. I can have an impact on how I'm communicating with the team, with my clients. I can control whether we stay open or don't. I can control the hours. I can control the prices that I ask of the market. I can look at my cash flow forecasts and control the spending of money, control how hard we're chasing the bringing of money in, control the products that we're offering and whether we need to change those. That in turn will impact what I'm influencing. So if I'm showing up positively, that's going to influence how my team feels. It's going to influence how my clients feel, whether they feel confident continuing to buy my products or services right now. So my influence can get larger. And then I'm going to look at those things that sit in the circle of concern. And this is what young Jacob did. He suddenly realized how much of the anger and unhappiness that was going on for me was coming from things that were in that circle of concern. Uh, the number one thing for me was stupid people. It was amazing how much people being stupid on television, on public transport in life was impacting me. I can't influence stupid people on a current affair. The show wouldn't exist. I can influence how much that actually concerns me. And so I, recognising that, cut a lot of those influences out. And similarly, in this circle, the business owner says, what are the things that may concern me, but I can't have an impact over? And, and news right now is a big one. It, it, to be honest, is always something that really you don't need to worry too much about. I do the weekly economic update here for, for this show, which you know we talk about a couple of snapshots. That's the only time each week I'm looking at things like you know, coronavirus cases, what the stock markets are doing, some of those kind of things. And to be honest, I'm doing that so that we can share, so that we can have specific conversations uh, uh, about how that impacts our decisions, what we can control. I'm not doing it to kind of go, oh, wow, the markets are up, I'm feeling good, the markets are down, I'm feeling lousy, or any of those things. So in your business and in your life, what are the things that you can control? Control the controllables, manage what can be managed, and to be fair, let go of an attachment to the rest. And that is a key to happiness, not just through a pandemic and a recession, uh, but ongoing. Uh, and you may have seen, I'll step out, I'm not going to walk through this, but we'll share this information with you. 
uh, you may have sickly tiger um, on social media or you know, how do you want to show up during COVID-19? Uh, and there's the fear zone, and there's the learning zone, and then the growth zone. Uh, and if you go through that in detail, what you will notice is how prevalent the word I is. So I have the power, I have control, I can choose. And when I'm choosing how I feel, when I'm choosing how to act, then I am learning, then I am growing, I'm not sitting in a space of fear. And you might recall, you know, we talked a couple of episodes ago about the three ways the businesses will, will go during a recession. Some will dive, some will just survive, and some will thrive. Uh, and the key difference between those three uh, is how they act, the decisions they make in terms of investments, most importantly, how they respond to their feelings. Are they ignoring them? Are they just reacting to them? Or have they got the tools to acknowledge, let go of the attachment? So the last thing around your fears, your management, uh, and again, we've shared this before, this is some examples of a personal self-care plan. So what are some of the things that you can do every day, every week, to look after yourself, to manage your energy, to acknowledge and support your feelings? Uh, and maybe it's not being able to go for a run or a horse ride or a surf like you used to. Maybe you've got to find some differences. Uh, I know for me, I'm benefiting from getting back into more regular uh, meditations, even if they're just one minute, three minute, Kind of meditations to just get into that presence, that point of power. Uh, I am making time for me, which is not that easy in this kind of lockdown environment where you know we have families, uh, we're often stuck, uh, and, and I certainly feel for people who are you know both partners working from home, multiple children home from school, and in a, a, a small home environment and having to manage that setting some boundaries around being able to get some me time is that critical for me as an introvert, critical for most of us as humans to, to have that. Uh, I'm making sure that I'm catching up on some movies. Uh, I'm running a business. I'm starting the Don't Waste a Good Recession business. I'm not having an enormous amount of time like some people have for better or for worse, uh, but I'm proactively doing movies because that's one of my great passions. It's something that, that keeps me uh, satisfied. Uh, this Easter, I'm taking the full long weekend off. I'm having a holiday at the end of the month, which was supposed to be in Portugal. It's going to be at home. Uh, it's still going to be some time off work. Um, I'm trying to read uh, books instead of my phone to, to get off some of the technology. Uh, and, you know, I don't exercise very much. The example about playing on a football team and going for a run isn't actually real. You can't outrun a bad diet, so I'm not even trying. Uh, however, I have combined that with a lot of the phone calls I'm making to clients, alumni clients, uh, you know, to just go for a walk around the yard or around uh, the park in my neighbourhood where I'm allowed to go. Um, you know, while I'm on the phone, get the walking and the talking done together. Those are all some specifics. And again, feel free to jump into the comments on Facebook, on YouTube, share some of the things that you might be doing to look after yourself. As business leaders, you have to be looking after yourself. It's not enough to think just about the team or just about the clients. 
because ultimately you will burn out. That stress will build, that fear and uncertainty will build in you. And as a result, you won't be there for your team. You won't make good decisions for the long-term future of your business. And uh, your clients will suffer as a result. Specific actions, if you haven't already, join the Facebook group, Don't Waste a Good Recession, facebook.com slash groups slash good recession. Uh, if you prefer watching these videos on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, make sure you subscribe, uh, search Don't Waste a Good Recession. And as always, tell your friends, sharing is caring. That certainly helps me to know that I'm bringing some value, some positive and practical help to businesses in the world. Uh, that also helps your network. That's one of the circles of influence, is that if you're getting some value from this, if you're getting some practical tips, feeling a little bit better, uh, sharing that with your network helps influence their outcomes, their positivity. If you've clients who aren't buying right now because they're scared, maybe this episode, maybe some of the ones that are a little more uh, practical or commercial is exactly what they need. So please do keep sharing. Uh, and uh, you can join the mailing list. Uh, again, there are links in all of the channels, uh, or you can type in that URL if you're watching this video. Thank you very, very much to those who jumped in live this week, as always. Uh, remember everyone to have a look uh, on the YouTube channel tomorrow, Friday, the 10th of April, we will have an updated economic forecast, uh, as well as uh, this video and some of the breakdown of the specifics. It's my great joy. I am Jacob Aldridge. This is Don't Waste a Good Recession. Have a safe and happy Easter. I will see everybody in the Facebook group as soon as possible. Uh, and if not before, then next week when we talk. Bye all.